This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of All Possibilities is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. Can helping people find beauty on the outside provide a way to offer them beauty on the inside? Nikki Manavi did just this, working for 10 years as a freelance hair and makeup artist for big-time TV shows. She was born with a full consciousness and began bringing higher consciousness and energies into the media world by impacting from behind the scenes. Coming up, you'll hear how Nikki now impacts others as a higher self-development coach and an instrument of higher consciousness, why food and gut health are important, and how theta healing can heal addictions. Plus, how the millennial generation is made up of indigo children and light warriors. Welcome to the All Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Nikki, it is so great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. So let's start off by by diving back into the moment where you first realized that there is a higher consciousness. I mean, what, what does that even mean, first? And what was that moment for you? Oh, well, let's see. That moment for me was really just right when I came on to planet Earth, I immediately felt um, almost as if I was like dropped off on the wrong planet or something. It was, I felt um, sort of squeezed into a, a framework or a frequency that just um, felt very non-organic and unnatural to me. So I already had such an integration of higher consciousness that was sort of the opposite that happened. It wasn't so much me discovering it, but trying to figure out why that innate feeling of higher consciousness was not sort of um, animating in the external world, which made me feel very sort of uneasy and displaced. What do you mean by by that, animating in the external world? Well, like, reality just seemed very rigid, um, very mentally dominated and oriented, um, a lack of I guess a feeling or frequency that was very familiar to me that I had held on to. Sort of like I didn't go through a total amnesia process like you would hear in in the spiritual communities where people feel um, like they go through uh, an amnesia and they start remembering who they are as they're going on in life. I was kind of trying to figure out why it wasn't that way from the beginning. Yeah. So it was a strange, kind of an overwhelming feeling at first. How did you grow up? Like, what was your family kind of faith background? Yeah, so we were uh, Greek Orthodox, but not um, super rigid. Uh, we did go to church here and there. And interestingly enough, when I would attend church, I would hear, you know, Jesus said this and that, and I would instinctively you're like, no, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said this. And it'd be 
that was like such a strange feeling for me because I'd be walking through the hallways in church and Sunday school and I felt um, that things were wrong. Uh, There was a story that was being told that wasn't quite in alignment with what I already instinctively knew as truth. So again, that was another twist. Uh, And from there, I just tried to figure it out. You know, the journey opened up for me to keep asking questions. That's when I really started an intimate dialogue with the universe. And just kept asking, like, what's going on here? Why Why do I feel so displaced? Why do I feel this rigidity around me? Why do I feel that there's being stories told that are not resonating, they don't feel right, they feel restrictive and and um, unnatural. And then the journey, you know, just would grow and grow from there. It's yeah. interesting because I, I, I probably had more of the amnesia mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. and, and then had a spiritual awakening several years ago and now it's just, just to me it doesn't... maybe on one level it feels like remembering who I am but at the same time it feels like learning something new and just forever expanding knowledge so it's interesting that you came in with knowledge and was able to kind of discern where where it resonated with your truth and where it didn't and, and start kind of seeing that duality were you surrounded by people who were just like you or or did you grow up with or you know have be surrounded by people who may or may not have accepted yeah. your viewpoints actually i grew up with having almost no one around me like me and knowing that and almost feeling strange about that um in a way that i felt i needed even more connectivity with the universe to guide me as to how to navigate through it because it appeared as though everyone was in um, a very ego-dominated reality structure that they believed was the only reality that exists. And I would just watch the endless dramas play out and the endless polarities play out and just feel like there was no real meaning to that. I felt Like a lot of it just wasn't important. It was like being hijacked by drama versus being rooted in truth. So that was really difficult, honestly, going through that because I was the only one. And the way the old paradigm, and especially cultural programming and the way I was brought up, it's more like, you know, the adult will outrank you in knowledge. The adult will outrank you in everything. And so as this child who just felt that I I knew what I knew and I wasn't willing to squeeze myself down um, into this sort of like rigid, orderly, this is this, that's that, you have to learn who you are, where I already felt I knew who I was and did not want to take on more programming to decide what the label of that person was supposed to be which felt really, I mean, I'll give you a small example. When people would ask me when I was little, what do you want to be when you grow up? Grow up, And I would instinctively hear in their tone that it wasn't about doing something, but it was about being what you do and making that what defines you. And that didn't sit well with me at all because I thought, 
how could anything that I do have anything to do with who I am as a presence or as a consciousness? So I didn't want to pick something to be because I didn't feel that, I felt that that was um, unimportant. I just felt that it was an add-on, but not to, I didn't feel comfortable squeezing myself into the role and assuming the role as to, and identifying who I am through that. Yeah. And that's a huge part of culture. I mean, even, huge. even in thinking about my baby yet to be born mm -hmm. in, in a couple of weeks, but just the types of toys, the, the content like TV programming or, or, um, you know, other types of media that exist about, you know, fire trucks or, you know, road work mm -hmm. in terms of like, cause it's, I'm having a boy. So it's like all, all of these constructed, uh, boxes that people put you in, which is really designed as, as parents or other friends ask like, Oh, what do you want to be? And I'm sure my little boy will hopefully say something kind of like you <laughs> where, where he'll say, you know, that's, that's not the point, mom. Yeah. That's not the point of, of why we're here. Yeah, and so it was tough in, in that regard because I felt sort of um, brushed off and not not received well. Um, I think, you know, I, I would have lots of interesting dialogues with adults, though. They would be talking to me at nine years old and feeling like they had just sat down with a, you know, a 30-year-old, and they would say, wow, you know, how do you... I feel like I just sat down with a 30-year-old. You're like nine years old. I can't believe I'm even telling you all of this. So I, I already had somewhat of a a connection uh, that was definitely superseded my age. So wisdom is not, is not defined by age. Mm -hmm. It's defined by awareness and presence. And so I think that was really hard, especially in the Greek culture, because it's totally the opposite, you know, um, age and status and all of that outranks everything. So that was kind of a, a big journey. How did that impact you on a kind of a mental or emotional level? Cause, cause I can, I can see that even within some of my jobs, that living in that kind of polarity can be very stressful. Yeah, I felt um, very just sort of like almost like having a combustible energy. Like I had a lot to share. I had a lot of creativity. I had a lot of um, wisdom and knowledge to want to add to, but I felt that it was squeezed and encapsulated. And it, that sort of set me into a, I guess you would call it the darker side of polarity, where I was very drawn inward because just anything that I wanted to do that was out of you know the rigidity that let's say my family life was more accustomed to or the way that they felt things should go it was just kind of um, thrown to the wayside so I began to draw in and sort of shut down more so Let's fast forward a little bit. I know that you worked kind of in the media world as a hair and makeup artist, right? 
how how do you see that fitting in with with you and your consciousness and what you were bringing into the world? What was that yeah, like? So that was really interesting because hair and makeup, it's a very, it's an interesting dynamic because you're in close proximity with the person in within their energetic sphere. And I would sit with adults and especially nowadays where people notice I, as a second wave or as a, as an indigo crystal or star seed, right? Um, second waiver back then when I was growing up, there wasn't so many children out there that were exhibiting these, these attributes of higher consciousness. Whereas now it's very obvious more and more, um, it's being noticed more and more. So I would sit down and I would be doing hair and makeup with all the different people that would come in different reporters or anchors, politicians, Wall Streeters, all these different types of people. And they would sit with me and tell me like how their kids are so wise or having different, having trouble that their kids knew more than them and how their egos were sort of being ruffled a little bit. So I could very much relate to that. So in that setting, I would do a lot of, um, I guess, bridging the gap between, um, more of the next gens to like the baby boomers and trying to explain to them different approaches that they could use to have more of a harmonious communication with their children. Mm. Yeah. So it's, that was interesting. it's a, I think it's a very privileged place to be in because people, people are very open with like, you can imagine like hair and makeup, you're very, you're, you're, I don't know, at least when, when I am, the very, very few times I have somebody doing my hair and makeup, let's say for my wedding or something, it is a very uh, loved position where, where I feel love, where other people are kind of caring for me. And so I feel very open and I'll just, you know, say whatever to this person who kind of acts like um, a therapist even. And, and so it's fascinating that you, you were able to play a role and they were probably completely unaware of it, but you were able to play a role in in being that bridge. Absolutely. That's I thought it was a divine alignment, and I could see that I needed to segue out of that because that's it was so much of what I would speak to them about, but the setting wasn't appropriate to really deliver the entirety of the full scope or the full message. And that's when I really started getting that, um, that universal push to start light your way and to do higher self-development coaching so that I could put it in a more appropriate setting where people could come and I could explain more, more about my journey or how I know these things or, you know, and, and also just to have it be in a, in a setting that they could open up more rather than just having like that short period of time to get into something so deep and then it would be cut off because it wasn't the time to really go there. So it was definitely a great segue into what I'm doing now. Yeah. Coming up, you'll hear about what Nikki does now, taking all the things that she's learned and now empowering other people so that they may develop their higher selves. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. 
You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. The superior audio quality on Mouth Media Network is powered by Sennheiser. And as a listener, you can receive a 25% discount on virtually any headphone, microphone, and other high-quality audio product available to purchase directly on the Sennheiser website. Just visit Sennheiser.com and enter the code MOUTHMEDIASEN, that's MOUTHMEDIA, S-E-N-N, at checkout. Nikki, let's start by having you share with us what you do now and how did you come up with it? Well, what I do now is an interesting fusion of using my uh, clairaudience, clairvoyance, and hyperclairsentience and different modalities that healing modalities like Reiki, Theta Energetics, and fuse, basically making a fusion between using that as a medium to bring in higher consciousness through like an energetic conduit or instrument where I'm streaming in those higher frequencies and using my abilities to assist someone, but merging that in with self-development. So taking that essence of the higher self and bridging that into a development where a person doesn't have to just switch between the two, like be their spiritual selves when the setting is appropriate, and, and then have to switch it off and then be their, their other self in their job. What I'm doing is assisting them to merge in their higher self fully and completely and self-develop to the highest level. So that's why I call it higher self-development. And it's um, making it tangible and practical so that one can understand that they don't have to be cut off and split and feel segregated or, you know, like their spiritual side is this like secret club that nobody understands or it's a language that others don't understand when everyone understands the language of love and everyone understands the language of light. So if we integrate that light and that love within what we do on a daily basis, how we operate all the time, then that's the integration that is necessary to really merge your higher levels into your practical daily life. Yeah. I always hear about the higher self versus the ego. Can you talk more about what the higher self is, especially for people who who are trying to figure out like what what little voice am I listening to or or what is she referring to like can you help someone understand oh absolutely what is the higher self maybe in the midst of all the other voices going on yeah so I'm glad you mentioned it and phrased it that way because it really is that the egoic voice is that voice in your head that's kind of programmed in different ways. Um, the higher self is you at a higher octave of expression. So if we think of ourselves as a voltage, like of, of a light force, right? And you have, you turn up the volume, you turn the lights, the dimmer switch up. That's your higher self. When you're going, switching it down or you're turning it down, 
That's the lower self. So it's really frequencies and megahertz. And it's, uh, so the higher self is you at your expanded state of consciousness. It's you on your upper dimensional planes. The lower self is that egoic voice where it's a really separation between your heart and your head, where most people either find themselves in their head or they find themselves in the solar plexus. And the higher self is is in resonance with the heart. So that's kind of a way to distinguish it. On a physical level, it's the journey from the head to the heart. And one way that we can connect to our higher self is realizing that it's not a polarized state, so higher not meaning better, uh, not meaning superior, just meaning a higher voltage, so literally a faster rate of frequency, a faster oscillation. And when we connect to that truth, the fastest way to, to go there is to connect to our heart because that's, if we're, the body is the microcosm of the macrocosm, the heart is that portal to the sun, to that warmth, that love, that connectivity, and you have access to that at any time. I always hear from people who are not connected to their heart that that they don't know how to access it or that they they're not connected to their feelings and and then for them, it, it doesn't seem like it's possible to explore that area that may have been shut off, whether it's because of a past experience or a trauma or or maybe just a belief that they, they're not in touch with their feelings. What would you say to someone like that? What I would say is that it's a matter of choice to go there and to try it. So... Feelings are not emotions. Emotional, the emotional disposition is connected a lot with the ego and with the mind. Feelings, on the other hand, are an organic level of truth and resonance that reside within your heart. So when a person is feeling, I'm cut off, I'm disconnected, if we just close our eyes and sort of imagine that we're a ball of light in, in the in our body and where we feel ourselves, most of the time you, that person's going to be feeling their presence either in their head or their solar plexus. So in that case, we can just easily decide that we have the power and give ourselves the permission to take that essence and that presence and to merge it up into our heart and to start that as a daily practice. Even hand over your heart, you know, as a mantra, Right now, I connect to the truth of my heart. I no longer accept being cut off from my feelings and just let it be done. And you'll see that, especially now, where the universe is supporting everyone to remember their greater essence, that it'll be more easier now than ever to go there. Yeah. I like that. Try it out. There's definitely something very powerful in intentionally consciously putting your hand on your heart and declaring that it it sounds simple but actually it is very very powerful yeah and there's there's lots of uh support out there now you can find 
like you could even Google Heart Math Institute and look at all their data about how the heart's toroidal field is the most powerful source that we have. So it's really a matter of just going there, trying it out. And like a muscle, oftentimes what I tell my clients is it's like a muscle that you're, you're flexing it, you're, you're building it. So the more that you go there, the easier it'll become and the lighter your body will be. And just letting yourself take the pressure off and knowing that nobody has the power to take it away from you. They just don't have it. Because you're not, you know, under someone's thumb. It may feel that way. Programming is very, very thick. And I can (laughs) relate to feeling that squeeze of that programming and feeling like I wanted to access more, but that there were things that were blocking me. But the power of word, logos, it's a Greek word, is so powerful. And when you speak the words that I'm no longer going to accept being cut off, that word is a vibration. It's a resonance, and that resonance will alter cellular Um, dispositions in your body, frequency levels, and sort of rearrange your presence and say, okay, now this person's going there. And what happens is your divine guidance realms that are always with you, they say, okay, this person's ready to go there. And they'll they'll start streaming in more consciousness, more um, a blanket of familiarity or connectivity that will help you access it even more. But the first step is to just jump in and make the decision that you're going to hire self-develop and you're going to, you're not going to let anything hold you back and realizing that the body is a tool. It's an instrument of consciousness and we can let our heads run away with us with all the different ideas and distractions and all those things, or we, we can reel it in a little bit strengthen our heart, and allow our bodies to be more of an instrument of a high-vibrating resonance of light. You had mentioned the HeartMath Institute and, and how these things can be measured. What other uh, scientific approaches have you seen or, or evidence have you seen that plug into the kind of work that you're doing? Well, I think just even looking at other fields like epigenetics or looking at neuroplasticity and how much we have the ability to alter our physiology by the decisions that we make. Then we could also look at just um, quantum mechanics, how a lot of times science and all these other different arenas come to a place where it's like, we don't know the, the answer 100%. And so we have a decision to make then. Either we can wait until somebody else outside of us gives us the permission and the green light to, to go there, or we can begin to access it right now anyway. So it's just a matter of how much validation does one really need from external sources or how much one is willing to not be held back by research and other findings and just say, hey, I think I've got as much data as I need to go there. Because you could just Google right now all those 
fields that I just mentioned. And you'll find so much supportive evidence that it's, to me, more than enough to start your own unique journey. And there's just so, so much more uh, coming out every day because these fields are, I'd say, relatively new, right, in terms mm -hmm. of epigenetics or the fact that um, our thoughts, our emotions impact our, our physiology, our gene expression, and that we're not tied down to, to something that we were born with, let's say, or a disease that we have. And, and you mentioned neuroplasticity, like uh, people are just now beginning to scratch the surface on what the brain can do and how it can evolve over time. So I know you had, um, you had mentioned a few techniques that you use. You use Reiki, you use um, theta energetics, and uh, I know it was emotional freedom technique. Mm -hmm. Is that another one? Mm -hmm. Can you talk more about what theta energetics is and what EFT is? Um, I'm, I'd say I'm like slightly familiar with them and maybe have gone through some sessions before, but but for the benefit of our audience, what is it and what does it do and, and how does it impact you? Yeah, so theta is a, a frequency. So it's a very, very high oscillating frequency that is in resonance with our highest levels of light, with our creator consciousness, our source consciousness. So when I'm working with a client, I get into that state quite naturally where my embodiment speeds up and as my presence then acts as a conduit sort of transmitting higher frequencies and those higher frequencies connect with someone beyond space and time because we're no longer ran by space and time when we're working in theta or when we're working in creator consciousness which is the same thing interchangeable and, and do you mean theta meaning like brain frequency wave, wave yeah theta Yes. Where maybe our conscious, maybe normal everyday thinking is a beta wave mm -hmm. and then deeper levels are, are others like alpha, theta, etc. Right. And in meditation, you know, if you ever find in meditation, when you get into a deep state where your eyes sort of flicker, that's a theta state. That's where your body's starting to rev up and speed up its vibrational uh, frequency and it's that's why it starts to flicker like that so it's a very fast oscillating frequency of, and vibration and the emotional freedom technique is really working with meridians and just um, using that power of word again to tap on those different areas in the body where one can declare and release um, different emotions that they feel and no longer allow them to be stored in the body by using your tones to say, you know, I am healthy and complete. I am high vibrating. I'm at peace. And just using that power of word to connect with the physical body and integrate those two as an, as an outcome to really create the highest outcome using that vibrational power of word and the physical component of your body. Yeah. So what are some stories that you can share from your clients or from your own life about how those techniques have helped? Well, really frequency, higher consciousness, 
it works multidimensionally. So it works on physical and non-physical levels, bridging that gap. I've seen tremendous changes immediately when a client will come in and just when they walk out the door, they're a different, higher octave version of themselves. It's not really totally different, but just them on that expanded level. And what happens, the, the, the funniest thing that happens with people is when they connect to their highest levels of light or that creator consciousness, the things that exist in that lower frequency, like negative emotions, addictions, um, just things that were really, really difficult for them to get past, they report to me, oh, now I don't even like that drink anymore. Now I don't even want to do that, this action that was not serving me. And it drops off almost effortlessly. And it shocks people. And I, I love it because it's just such a great confirmation. But what blows me away is how quick it is without effort. I mean, for example, I had a recent client who was very distraught with having 20-plus years of alcoholism that we did a few sessions just really integrating her highest levels of frequency, declaring that we're no longer going to accept being hijacked and manipulated and controlled by something as as simple as a liquid and not giving that liquid power. So she and I had worked on just looking at the the alcohol as liquid and disempowering it, that it doesn't have the control that we think it has unless we give it that control. So we would just say, when we look at this alcohol now and henceforward, it's just liquid. And that just really, really hit home and resonated with her. And she was able to just not have the thirst and the need and the draw because she was already connected more with her higher levels of consciousness and integrating those through her physical body where that lower density or pull towards that alcohol was no longer there. So all she did at that point, because she didn't have the resonance of needing to go there, when she would be put in the position in some of these high-profile business meetings and things like that, which it's there's tons of alcohol, there's tons of pressure to have that drink or to do this and that, um, she was able to just look at it and say, it's just liquid. I'm no longer giving this my power. And it worked wonders, and I'm just tremendously proud of her for being able to complete that journey and walk away from it. Amazing. And and that's something that can can apply to to really anything, right? Like not just Absolutely. not just addiction, but um belief systems yeah. that we have. Even sugar, you know, just the stuff that we see around us all the time. Okay. I'm not gonna give my power away to to anything. You know, and just really taking your power back and saying, I don't have to squeeze myself down into this tiny little equation that I can be conscious, make new choices, and steer myself in new directions. Because honestly, it gets old after a while. Like just doing that same old thing over and over again. Somebody who's drinking for 20 plus years or eating a certain way, you want to experience something else. So rather than looking at it as, 
oh, I'm bad and this is negative and I've wasted time or I'm, you know, sort of beating oneself up. We just turn the page instead. Because, again, that's kind of giving it too much power, too. Because we get all into the melodrama of it. When instead we could just say, you know what, I'm done with that. I want to turn the page. I have a life of all possibilities, right? And so we could totally explore new things. We don't have to feel like we're tied to that one experience of that alcohol or that one-dimensional plane of whatever we were used to doing and just see what the universe has to offer. The choice starts with you. Absolutely. Coming up, you'll hear about what the millennial generation has to do with all of this and what indigo children are as well. That's something that Nikki had mentioned earlier. We'll be right back. Greetings, Mouth Media Network listener. My name is Davin Riley, and I'm willing to bet you like music. And even if my assumption is wrong, I still think you should come and check out our show, The Music Lover Podcast, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, pioneers, artists, and the unsung heroes of the music industry. Together, we'll uncover the insider perspectives on some of your favorite companies and artists as we analyze music business trends through a technological lens. Find us at The Music Lover Podcast. But remember, that's Music Lover without the vowels. M-S-C-L-V-R. Yes, we're that cool. And since you're cool too, we should be friends. The Music Lover Podcast. We'll see you there. Earlier in the show, you had mentioned indigo children and star seeds, and these are these are terms I've heard before, but have never really looked into what they are and what they mean. So enlighten us. Okay, so the best way to describe it is that consciousness as a whole is upgrading, and what what consciousness is doing in order to lighten up our world, or the third dimensional density, which now we're in a fourth dimensional density with three dimensions plus time, moving into a fifth dimensional state, which is going to be merging with the heart and accessing all of what the universe has to offer. So indigos are basically bringing forward higher levels of frequency as our some of the other variations of consciousness. So we could think of them as different levels of consciousness that are merging into our world to assist the acceleration of human evolution. And it gets a little tricky because it's not in this sort of Hollywood movie um, or even biblical context that a lot of people are expecting, like a save-the-world type event or something like that. The universe is much more... Um, gradual and much more sophisticated and um, and wants to integrate these higher levels of consciousness as smoothly as possible. So there isn't this big event or this big hurrah that 
that um, a lot of times can sideswipe someone from seeing that it's actually happening all around us. For example, many millennials are second wave indigo, crystal, rainbow, star seeds. And what that means, those are just different names for certain levels of consciousness and awareness levels that work in many different arenas. Let's say indigos have levels of wisdom that they're bringing forward, are able to basically turn over systems, figure out which systems are no longer serving, what would be what would serve more. Um, and people, you know, are oftentimes very like, well, is that really real? Or are indigos really here? And they make it sort of like this strange Hollywood movie, like aliens or kind of type. <laughs> it's like, we're all they're made of stardust. <laughs> you know, it's not, that's it's not that kind of party. Like we're all, we're all part of the universe. We're all made of, of the elements of the universe. The difference is, with a lot of these kids like myself, who was a, an indigo child, a second wave, or now an adult, you know, it's, it's not really this um, big separation. It's more of an integration that we're coming to serve the highest outcome. And that's oftentimes going to take very strange turns you're going to see a lot of, let's say, millennials that can't get down with the older paradigm, can't get down with the rigid structure. So it's going to seem a little disruptive. Or you're going to have other um, symptomologies, let's say. You're going to have where people say a lot of indigos can't focus or autism spectrum and all these different things where they're really bringing attention to those arenas because they're saying, Maybe this food is not really nourishing our body. Maybe this rigid system is, is not organic and it doesn't work with our physiology. So they're giving you symptomatologies that are going to draw alarm to say, what's happening here? Why isn't this stuff working? So when people are very skeptical of our indigos really here, just look at the millennial generation. It's just under a different name. Many millennials are second waivers who are changing the systems dramatically. To the point where, you know, people are trying to figure out, major companies are trying to figure out, how do we deal with this generation? And they all want to, a lot of them want to look at technology as the culprit to why these kids can't integrate into the older system. But it's really not about the technology. It's about that they're bringing new levels of awareness to light so that we can upgrade our systems in general and make them uh, more dynamic and more diverse to the different levels of consciousness that really exist. So all, all of what's happening is that they're shining the light on that most of us are uncomfortable squeezing into a tiny box, but they're just not willing to play the game. And so it draws a little bit of a, attention to that, but it's really sort of being a voice to how many of us feel anyway, let's say, who don't um, think of themselves as a starseed indigo crystal, but a lot of them will feel not connected to their heart, not happy in the rigid system, not feeling loved and supported, not liking the state of the world that it's currently is right now. So it's giving us an opportunity 
to get to know the universe and to get to know that there's different types of individuals and levels of consciousness here that when we take a step back and approach these differences with our heart, we can see that the universe is giving us divine doorways to walk through. That's a really interesting perspective. As you're as you're sharing that, I'm thinking of how even over the past several years there's been more more and more acceptance of things like meditation, mindfulness, yoga where even 10 years ago it wouldn't have been seen at the workplace or or seen as uh just a, a generally accepted part of society. You see more companies and individuals interested in social impact cooperation as opposed to competition and and kind of rethinking how how people make money or even what money is or how that is measured and what that looks like so so i can imagine that that's a a shift towards i can see that there can be a correlation between what you're talking about what's what's on my mind now is just thinking historically like there have there have been many movements i'm sure like in the 60s um there are some books that i that i read by authors who were kind of in the late 1800s early 1900s kind of the spiritualism side and then even before then i'm sure there's just some kind of movements or maybe blips of evolution in in consciousness so i'm curious where does where does the indigo fit in or or has has this been happening over time already like are are we just generally raising in consciousness or or did we start out with a high consciousness and kind of went down and devolved over time or is it cyclical like how do you mm-hmm. how do you see that yeah so there definitely was a time where humanity lost consciousness and we can go way back when you know the dark the dark age and go into all the different ages. And now we're in the golden age where consciousness is, is waking up again. So we, we were always beings of light We we are light. We are made of light in terms of indigos. There was just, there's always been indigos incarnating, bringing forth that next level of awareness. It's just that in the eighties, it was about, one in every five children. So that shift that that you're that you were talking about of noticing how companies are now integrating these these concepts because you've got tons of second waivers waking up to their higher consciousness and bringing in those new ideas and enlightening um, systems to say why don't we take this into account? So each person is waking up at their own level. It's just that, you know, one in five children being born, having these levels of awareness that are activating within them has really turned the page very dramatically. So we're noticing an increase in consciousness quicker. So it's always been happening. Just a big boom happened, especially after 2012, we've noticed an increase even more because we're getting more access from the sun. We're getting more encodings of consciousness. So it's really taking off now. 
I remember 2012 and and being very fearful about it, actually. I think it probably came from this documentary I remember seeing when I was in the third grade about 2012. And that was that was a long time in the future at that point. And ever since then, I thought, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Literally, like we were we were prepping as if it were the end of the world. And I had had um, kind of premonition dreams about this this five years, I'd say, like 2012 to 2017. I had so many disaster dreams, one of which actually was very much Hurricane Sandy in in full on form, like all the time during my dreams. And it wasn't until afterwards that I realized that, wow, this was sort of around the time my spiritual awakening happened. And when I started taking steps to develop my intuition and uh, still very closeted at the time, but even over the past several years, I've seen a huge surge in people who who have worked in our professional, like the same professional settings, maybe in a corporate setting and public service, who, because there are people like you and me very open about um, being a light worker, that that they come to me and say, wow, you know, I've been having these experiences too. And I'm really glad that I can talk to you about it because there's no one else that they know to talk to. Even uh, even people who were in uh, at MIT with me, there, there are people that I've been connecting with who are saying, I've been having crazy spiritual experiences and psychic gifts developing. This is all brand new to me. What What can I do? So it's, at least for me, anecdotally seeing that there is this wave of people waking up or... Um, embracing their gifts or um, just just being open to talking about it has been has been a thrill to watch. I can't believe that that this is the age that we're living in. Exactly, and that's what had been foretold a long time ago when people were prepping and saying the indigo children, crystal children, rainbow, and all next waivers. I just call call us all more next waivers or light warriors, because we're really bringing, doing what it takes to bring the highest frequencies of light that we can to the forefront and, and integrating those into the workplace so that we're not robotically living life and then being in the multidimensional closet, so to speak, you know, that we're able to just be ourselves, which is beings of light, expressing light, expressing love, turning over systems, um, allowing for them to work more cohesively, becoming a global community of, of light warriors or light workers. And I think that that's, it's a really exciting time. It's a really exciting time. And I think if we just tie those two together, like, oh, this is that big boom of consciousness, and this is what people were talking about where indigos were coming to save the world, just not in that Hollywood movie context. It's much more integrated than that. It's that... That junk DNA is not junk DNA, and the universe is opening up those levels of consciousness, activating that DNA and all of that hidden knowledge so that we can start using it again and becoming the light beings that we truly are. One last question that has been on my mind, and it pertains to the environment 
And I keep seeing all these videos on my Facebook feed or, or just hearing, hearing about it in general, um, just about plastics and toxins and all of these things overwhelming our planet and impacting us as humans. I have this bizarre allergic condition that we're still trying to figure out what is going on, but I, I feel like it's somewhat related to, um, to just buildup of toxins in the world right now. How, how do you balance this raising of consciousness while at the same time dealing with all of this stuff with our food chain, with, with health? I mean, if you're, if you're a parent or you're parent to be, you're looking at all of these blogs about how there's just all these chemicals and all these baby products that are, they're all carcinogenic. So how do you how do you balance living in this world that seems like it's going to kill you anyway and have this higher consciousness and be able to do something about it? That's such a great question, Julie, um, by merging the two. So many times we think of higher consciousness as it being a, a very pleasant experience and sort of um, the the opposite of the negative side of polarity and having it be positive or it's more of an integration. So rather than um, feeling like, how do I deal with this negative sort of toxic world? Imagine that that's, that stuff is coming up to the surface for you to know that all of those things are toxic for you to bring light to them, to make new decisions, to start seeking solutions. So you're, that's how you're going to take that higher consciousness, decide in that moment that I can, I am not going to be and will never be powerless to this. So, universe provide the solution and and really take that co-creative journey with the universe to say show me the doorway that i need to to become healthful what's happening is the light is being shined on all of that stuff we're realizing as a society that the society is nutrient deficient so that we're not really eating high nutrient high nutrient foods and that's another, I'm glad you brought it up, because that's another reason why you're seeing not so many indigo crystal rainbows really bringing forward their highest levels of gifts, because they're still navigating through not being fed appropriately, not having access to food. And and the physiology is really important, because imagine that that wire that you have, that conduit, to bring down, to download those levels of higher consciousness and merge them in through the physical levels. If your antennas, wires are crossed, so to speak, because you're not feeding your body appropriately or you don't have access to certain foods, um, that is going to slow things down a little bit. But if you're just very diligent to just know that you, you do have access to solutions and just put all of your might into it, all your light, all of that, that consciousness, you will be provided the solution. There is huge movement going around now, and that's part of my practice is merging that all of the research that I do to feed the body and to give the body the nutritious food that it needs. And I can just give you a small shortcut to that. It's really about the gut-brain axis um, and the relationship between the uh, bacteria and your gut and how that affects the brain and the, the brain's receptivity to things is going to be altered when you don't have that baseline, when you don't have those good microbes um, 
in your gut. You you don't have that good bacteria. So what we could do right away for allergies or atopic conditions and all these different things, autoimmune, is strengthen our first immune system, which is our gut. So it's really drinking kefir, um, doing uh, raw milk, uh, yogurts, things like that, and knowing that there is a process of a die-off reaction on every level. So spiritually, when we go through this ascension process, which is ascending our vibrations, oscillating faster, 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 we're going to have die-off reactions. We're going to have old, stale emotions come up. We're going to have a skin rash. We're going to have tossing and turning at night. But we have to push through and just be very vigilant and say, this is a part of the process. I'm merging in highest levels of consciousness, and I'm dispelling these lower levels. So ask your guidance team, ask the universe, how can I minimize the symptomatologies of these things? And just go go through the process, bring as much light to it as you can, and don't let that stop you from your mission. Don't let that stop you. Don't let anybody derail you because you have so much support from the universe and from so many light workers that are stepping up to say, I'm here to assist you, to guide you, to be a co-creator with you. So it's, there's never been a more auspicious time to accelerate your evolution. It really hasn't. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's a, a very, uh, very relevant, um, perspective to what's going on in my life and what's what I can see happening all around the world. And I love your idea of bringing light to it because it is very easy when you look at the media or read articles online to be afraid of everything, like to be a, to question what's in our food um, to question what's in the products that we buy, like is it healthy, is it toxic, is it safe? And and what I've been working on has been let's let's look at the the fo- or focus on this with an element of love and wellness and wholeness as opposed to bringing in a fear because that that could just consume your life. Yeah, and it's like you were sharing earlier about the whole 2012 thing. If we look at it from an egoic perspective, it will look like the end of the world. When we look at it from a level of truth, from what you're seeing, the results is we're in 2018 now, you're seeing that that was the end of an old consciousness. And, and if you look into Mayan prophecy and scripts and calendars you'll see a lot of that it's it's just many times the human mind or the egoic mind that's not because human is um is not a a low level condition it's actually the highest level of of um beingness that you can possibly be because hu is the first sound of creator consciousness so human really is means god man so you're not plagued by the human condition you're waking up your consciousness through the human condition to see what a blessing and a gift it is to be in the physical and allowing for your highest levels of light to ascend your vibrations so that you can really feel that and live that. So 
with much divine patience, we can go through the death and rebirth process when we're aware that that's what it is. So whenever we're going through those dark parts or looking at the food and saying, goodness gracious, what do we do now? What we do now is neutralize it until the solution comes. So if all we have to eat is something that we don't ha- we know is not the best, just use your hands, use your heart, put your hands over your food, hover them over, and just say, I now neutralize this food to work perfect with my body, to work in perfect harmony with my physical body, and allow your consciousness and that power of your word to neutralize some of the polarities in that food. So that you can do a little damage control right there. Then you can say, okay, what's my game plan, my action plan to bring highly nutritious food in? Um, So we can neutralize everything, because that's the bridge that's going to get us to a faster solution, is by hitting the gas into neutral. So we're we're in negativity, we hit the gas into neutral, and we're, we're... when we're on a, like a positive high, we're, we're going to have so many expectations to sustain that and be very disappointed when we're off that, that high note. Even the high could be neutralized because that neutral space of your heart is, is really where it's at. And that's what's going to get you to accelerate at a rate that's going to be sustainable and not playing so much hopscotch between the polarities. Mm. I like that ultimately it's back to you, it's back to the choice you make and what you declare as possible for you in this moment. So I will definitely start doing that. Thank you for 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 all of that and I'm sure that that it is something that can be applied to whatever it is that our listeners are going through as well. How can our listeners get in touch with you and learn more about your work? Well, you can visit the website, um, which is light-yourway.com. I'm on Instagram, um, light underscore your way. And um, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, Light Your Way. Beautiful. Nikki, thank you so much for being on the show, for for being you, for being who you are ever since you were born, and still keeping up with the world, even if if the world was was not ready or not listening. There's just so much that you have offered that you are that you have left to offer, and I'm just so thrilled to see what more you do. Thank you so much, Julie. I really appreciate being on the show today. And for you, we covered a whole lot of ground this episode, everything from higher self-development to to food, to owning your choice, uh, making sure that you're not a victim, but, but declaring what is possible for you in this moment. So take one of those and explore what it means for you this week. Let us know how it goes. And until next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Awesome. awesome. Thank you guys. Follow so the show Thank on you. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network 
Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.